Hello, everyone, and welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. I am Mike Hancock. Excited to be back here. It is the summertime. There is lots of box across, of course, going on throughout the province of Ontario. Playoff action underway. And you can hear right here behind me at the Toronto Rock Athletic Center. They're testing out the 30-second clocks because as we record right now, we are just a few hours away from a, a major Junior A game here uh, tonight at the track between the Oakville Buzz and the Orangeville Northmen. Something we'll discuss later on in the podcast today, and we'll see how it ages because this podcast will not be going out until uh, after the game's over. So look forward to uh, seeing how any bold predictions hold up uh, the rest of the way here. Uh, we've got a great show lined up. We've got Toronto Rock owner, president, and general manager Jamie Dowick stopping by to chat about the offseason and some stuff that's going on there, as well as Toronto Rock captain and now world champion, fresh off of Team Canada's sixes win at the World Games in Alabama, Rock captain Challen Rogers is here. He is now a world champ. Got to see the gold medal the other day. We'll chat a little bit about that coming up on the program, too. But uh, great interviews coming up with both gentlemen. And we hope you stick around, listen all the way through, and check that out. Without any further ado, let's get right to the boss. Jamie Dowick, first up on Toronto Rock Total Access. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access, the summer update edition. And our first guest on the program is none other than the owner, president, and general manager of the Toronto Rock, Jamie Dowick. Jamie, how are you doing? Doing okay, Mike. How are you doing? I'm doing well. It's been a little while, obviously, since the season wrapped up and a lot of stuff has gone down. Um, let's start first by talking about expansion. And the expansion draft went down uh, a couple of weeks ago now. Toronto Rock lost Riley Hutchcraft in the expansion draft. The Las Vegas Desert Dogs selected him and then quickly flipped him to the Rochester Nighthawks. So, um, first of all, just your reaction to, uh, you know, losing a guy like Hutch who's been around here for a while, hasn't played a ton of minutes in the league, uh, but, you know, a guy who was waiting for his opportunity and it may have come along now as he was, uh, like we said, subsequently flipped to Rochester. Yeah, well, um, you know, we love Riley Hutchcraft and we have for a long time. And when you're talking about for, for us, from a team standpoint, um, you know, to lose a goalie wasn't really a bad thing at this time, considering Rosie is our, our guy and our starter. Um, you know, but yeah, we're going to miss Hutch. Um, I had a feeling that Vegas might take him. Um, I was a little surprised with the, the flip to Rochester, but, um, I'm, you know, Hutch and I had talked a little bit before the expansion draft, knowing that this might happen, and and you know, both of us, uh, you know, it's time for him to go out and show this league that he can play, and we believe he can. Um, you know, unfortunately for him, with our situation right now, it, it, it isn't in Toronto, and he has been here for a while and swung a door, and you know, I, I felt like he needed, you know, to go take an opportunity to show everyone he can play, and. And I think he felt the same way. So kind of bittersweet. 
to see him go because we're going to miss him. We 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 uh, we loved having him around. He's a great teammate, and obviously still does some stuff here around the track that he'll continue to do. So he'll still be around. But um, you know, I, I'm a big Riley Hutchcraft fan, and and I wish him nothing but the best um, in in the next stage for him. Now. Um... Take the fans through the expansion draft process a little bit as the general manager. When do you find out this is going down? You know, are there talks? I mean, everybody sees what happens in the National Hockey League and, and all these other side deals that get cut. But we've had a few expansion drafts in consecutive years now in the NLL. But uh, have you seen things even change over the years of how different teams have approached it? Any copycat type stuff developing? You know, this was a situation a bit different with just one team coming in. Um how have you seen? This yeah, well, same unfold? same situation really as the year before with Panther City, as far as one team coming in versus two. Um, you know, everyone has a different approach. Um, uh, you know, I feel like you know they always want to try and. I feel like the approach from the expansion teams is always trying to get more to guess who you don't want to lose rather than <laughs> pick who might be better for them moving forward. Um, because I think they, if they, they feel like they figure out who you don't want to lose, they can get more out of you or a two for one or this and that. Um, so whatever it is, what it is, the process is different every time. I didn't, you know, uh, in, in this time I, I didn't really have, and you know, Sean and I are, I consider him to be a good friend of mine and, and we, we talk occasionally. Um, we didn't really have any communication. Um, he told me he'd let me know when he knew what he was doing. And that didn't really come right up till kind of the last minute there, not last minute, but near the end of the process. So I didn't know, uh, up until let's say the last day or two before the draft, what was going down there. Um, and then found out about the trade to Rochester even after that. So, um, listen, it's their team. They can do what they want. They, that's their chance to build it whatever way, whatever, you know, whatever their philosophy is on grabbing two for ones or this and that or doing deals with people, you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, expansion's a good thing. Unfortunately, you got to, you know, I think I said a couple weeks ago, you know, it, it, the one thing about it is it's kind of the one time where you don't have a, you can lose a guy and not really have a say in it. So that kind of sucks. But, um, you know, it means a new team's coming in and we're excited about that. And, they got to get they got to get some players and players that can play and and that's why we go through this process and it's just part of the part of the game. Now the interesting thing that kind of spins off out of that is technically, if my math is correct here right now, there are no goaltenders under contract to the Toronto Rock as we sit here and talk today. Um, Troy Holochuk is an unrestricted free agent when okay. free agency opens. Uh, Nick Rose could be signed at any time, but if he goes to open market August the 1st, he would then become a UFA. Um, you want me to let you in on a little secret well, here? I'm, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying I'm covering my bases by saying all those things. You're right. Neither of them. there would I mean, be potentially, say, you know, hypothetically, both of those guys resign here. There would still be the opportunity or need, I guess, to bring in a third goaltender. My question is, is that something that you see – um, yourself and the team addressing through free agency or the draft or, or how will that um, unfold? Is it a matter of maybe bringing in a couple of guys to compete for that spot in training camp? Something that hasn't really happened here recently. Um, just wondering how that's going to be approached. If yeah, it's not too stressful. Well, 
<laughs> you see me rub my. Now, it's not too stressful. I mean, really, listen. The reality is for us right now. Um, you know, we'll get the Rosie deal done here. You know, whenever in the next few days, potentially, like that. That's not an issue. We're going to get him re-signed. Um, you know, and and we fully. Uh, you know, we're planning on signing Holichuk when we're allowed to sign Holichuk. So our goalies going into next season are, are going to be Rosie and, and Troy, and, and we're confident in that. And um, Yeah, we've always had a third goalie. The third goalie's always been very important. Started as Hutch was one, that at one point, and, and Troy has been recently. Take a lot of shots, spend a lot of time with the team. Our approach has always kind of been to go with a real young guy that's, uh, you know, eager to get out there and do that. And, um, you know, the, the, there isn't uh, – it's it's a tough position to fill. Practice roster, not a lot of money, um, you know, and, and the future probably doesn't look very appealing to them right away <laughs> when they walk into that. So we generally go with a young guy there. We'll see what happens, keep our eyes out on, on everyone. But – um, I'm, I'm sure we will have a third goalie in here. Um, as far as who who that is right now, it's, it's not not a huge concern of mine. One other thing that happened uh, since the season ended is that uh, a little bit of hardware was given out, and uh, you were named the NLL's Executive of the Year. Congratulations! Well, thank you, Mike. Second time <laughs> that you've won this award. Last time was in 2013. Um, Thoughts on that and uh, that distinction second time around? Well, I listen, it's a great honor to be respected, you know, to get that um, really voting by, you know, my peers and people I sit on the executive committee with. Um, to me, those awards are, you know, and especially that one is a reflection of, of my team in, in the office here. I mean, this was a big year for us. We had a lot of stuff go on um, with the move to Hamilton, you know, the, the extreme COVID conditions up here versus the states the the playing three games in front of no fans and and you know there was just a lot that happened this year and uh you know my entire staff you know i get a lot of the credit for the move and this and that to hamilton well you know i might have been the one that made the decision to do that but you know it's all the people in here that make me look smart by doing all the work behind the scenes so it, it really is like I, I look at that as this this isn't that's an award and recognition kind of to our entire office and and uh, I'm proud of the group and and that's how I view it and you know obviously honored to win it but thanks <laughs> my, You're welcome. It, that was my acceptance speech so I have to thank good. Kath there was, too yeah you know? I think but, you should yep um yeah well, okay <laughs> I don't uh, know if she listens to the pod, so let's well, maybe move. you can tell her this. No, week, so we're not going to talk about this, go. whether we did this or not. Let's just Big, move on. Thank here. you. All right. Um, next thing I did want to touch on briefly, and it's something we chatted about a few moments ago here before we got started. And I know you probably can't say too much about what's going on, but I think a lot of fans probably uh, those that are very dialed in, and I assume a lot of them are people that probably listen to the podcast. Is they're probably still wondering, hey. The league still doesn't have a commissioner or a deputy commissioner for that matter. Um, anything you can say on the record in terms of any kind of timeline or anything as, as we, uh, you know, start to move into a pretty key time in the off season here. Yeah. I mean, um, we've uh, been going through a very long process to, to go through this and, and, and make sure we get this right. Um, I was part of the search committee 
um, you know, and led that with Eric Baker and then another group of people from from the league. And uh, it's been great. It's been a great process. Um, You know, I can't really say too much right now other than, you know, an announcement will be coming sooner rather than later. And uh, we're we're in we're in great shape moving forward. We're super excited about um, how everything's kind of gone through this process. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to the future. Super excited. That's all I'll say kind of right now. But we're not we're not that um, we're, we're in we're in good position. I would say, and and um, you know, look forward to to making an announcement when that time is right. Let's rewind uh, the clock here, all the way back to uh, the playoffs. Here, we haven't really uh, fully, I guess, broken down things here on the podcast, but um, a great two game series, two games that I think you know redefined we were this close, kind of thing. Uh, those two games. You know, your general thoughts on where the team got to, how you build off that, how that result uh, kind of affects things going forward, if it changes your thinking on any approach to uh, how you win or how you beat Buffalo, period. But um, just your thoughts on on how the season wrapped up and how things move forward. Well, I mean, obviously it was disappointing in the sense, you know, we really truly felt like we could win the whole thing this year and and we were riding a pretty good streak there um, over, you know, albeit after the first five games of the season. And so, yes, there was the uh, disappointment of losing and, and not accomplishing our goal, for sure. Um, when you step away from it and kind of look back on the whole thing, and, I mean, listen, Buffalo's a, a hell of a team, and, and, you know, we were, you know, as close as we could have been in both of those games to winning them without winning them as you could be. Um they, they got the better of us and, and, you know, they were the best team in the league all year. So, um, you know, when you lose to a team that, you know, and, and yeah, okay, we thought we were better than them, but, you know, the stats, all the stuff says that they were the best team. And when you lose to a team like that, you know, you can kind of, I think it makes it a little easier to stomach than when you lose to a team that you really feel like you should have beat and, and that you let an opportunity get away. So I'm not, you know, we did let an opportunity get away and we felt like we could beat them, but, you know, we, we know we lost to a great team. And then, you know, to take it one step further, I mean, Colorado, I don't even know what to say about them. Like, I'm, I'd be lying to you if, if I didn't sit here and say that we thought, you know, if we took down Buffalo, we were going to, you know, be hosting that cup and it was going to just be a formality. And that's not being disrespectful to Colorado because, you know, um, that's just what we thought at the time. But when you, you look at what they did in the playoffs, man, it was it was a, an impressive an impressive run, you know, with a lot of adversity along the way and great team effort. And, uh, you know, I, I'm super impressed they won. And so, you know, as, as I look back on the season, I sit there and go, well, wow, I wonder what would have happened if – what would have happened if we had played Colorado? Um because they, I don't think anybody's winning formula is let's get to the final and start stripping away our best offensive players no. against the absolutely loaded, you know, best offensive team on the other side. Yeah, like, no, Colorado just had they, – they kind of had the perfect storm on every – I mean, perfect answer to everything on every front. And, um, that was – listen, that was a hell of a series. 
I went to game two in Colorado because I happened to be out there for my son's graduation. What an atmosphere. What a game. Um, the entire playoffs, you know, was unbelievable. I mean, we played three games that were all basically point five of a second from going the other way. Um, you know, and that was around the league. The, the playoffs was great this year. So um, we had a great series and, and, uh, uh, and to me, a very well-deserved champion. And, uh, you know, we were all jealous of, of Self and Brad and, and, and the Mammoth for them getting it done. And they got what we all wanted to get done. So hats off to them. And, you know, we'll be back hungrier than ever. That's just how it works around here. I mean, win or lose, we'll be back and we'll be hungry. That's just how we are. So let's talk about what's been going on uh, around here, and that is uh, we've had no major series lacrosse, but we have the Pebbles. The Pebbles, the eh? The Senior B Ontario Series Oakville Rock playing and about to embark on the playoffs here. Um, it's been a well, it's been a weird couple of years, and now it's been a weird <laughs> summer with uh, you know some major series guys dropping down the play. Senior B, Nick Rose in between the pipes with the Oakville Rock, and uh, yeah, it, it's it's different. But uh, how have you been enjoying your time? Uh, basically, just getting a chance to watch summer lacrosse again. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's definitely been a different summer for us. No. I was saying, I think I did Jumbo's podcast with him last week, and I, I haven't watched one major game this summer, to be honest with you. Um, you know, we are we're involved with the senior B team. Um, you know, my son's back from injury and started playing for them too, so that's kind of neat for me. We got a few rock guys on there. We got a few NLL guys. Um, you know, we got a pretty good team there. We'll, we're going to have a playoff start this weekend. And uh, you'll have a couple tough series to get through and win Ontario, but I think it's doable. Um, yeah, it's the, the whole summer lacrosse kind of landscape. Everything's kind of been, you know, three years of all over the place. So, uh, you know, I just keep my head down. My focus is on Toronto, you know, all the time and everything that I kind of do. I'm always kind of looking at that from wearing that hat anyways, um, whether I'm watching senior b or senior a or or junior i'm always kind of looking out for that and then you know all those other things we're involved in kind of fall into place with that as well so um it's it's, it's been a good summer looking forward to seeing what this is all about and, and hopefully maybe we find our way to a president's cup at the end of the summer and that'd be interesting um you know never been a part of that and seems to be a pretty interesting thing so that's where we're at you mentioned uh, Josh. He's he's back suiting up for the Senior Bs. Big game going down here tonight. As we record, this won't be out until tomorrow probably, as we say on Thursday. But um, Orangeville, Northman, Oakville, Buzz. Game five, fifth and deciding game right here behind us. Or in front of you, behind me. Uh, tonight, um, two of your boys. Luke and Jake playing for the Oakville Buzz. You've got to see uh, every game in that series. So this will be your bold prediction, and, and we'll see how this ages. <laughs> All right. You're going to put me on the spot here, eh? Maybe this is back like when KD and I used to do the, yeah, the predictions. Yeah. All <laughs> right. Every week we were, uh, the Rock are going to win by. But uh, anyways, your thoughts on the series in general? Well, I mean, um, you know, it's been, 
it's been a defensive series to say the least. I mean, both of these teams, you know, it's a combination of both teams have pretty good defenses and really good goaltenders. And, you know, to me, both teams seem to be offensively challenged a little bit. So, um, you know, I'm not going to make a prediction on who's going to win the game tonight. I will tell you that the uh, temperature in the building will be a, a very reasonable number. Um, so you can guarantee that the air conditioning is working and it will be nice in here. And uh, I would bet the under. <laughs> All right. On both the temperature being under 30 degrees or 40 degrees and uh, and the score being under whatever. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's been a great series to watch. Uh, it's been, you know, unfortunately my junior B Bulldogs are out and that's always tough. But the the silver lining, I feel like, is always the fact that uh, it's now time to be able to get out and watch some junior A games and stuff. So that should be. Yeah. Elimination games fun always fun. Too. I mean, great, you know. Great for one team at the end of the night, and and it'll be heartbroken for the other team, um, you know, as their season comes to an end. But, you know, this is the first round of the playoffs, so, you know, there's a Whitby team waiting for either of these teams, uh, you know, when, whoever does move on, and, and both of them will probably have their hands full with them um, along the way. So, hey, listen, it's good. It's lacrosse. Um, you know, we, we love having big lacrosse games here at the track. I think it's great. Well, I think another cool thing is like we've talked about, it's it's been like almost some of these guys I feel like are a bit nondescript right now, right? They don't really have this resume of this guy was great or this guy led the league and scored in the last two years or whatever because we haven't played. So like a game like tonight seems to be that opportunity where some guys can kind of make their, their legend a little bit in the junior ranks where like so-and-so can step up. Like, you know, Aiden Walsh can have a game here tonight and be the guy and, you know, remember when he put out the Northman or Riglieri at the other end could be that. Or, you know, who knows, uh, maybe it's a Dowick boy that ends up scoring a big goal here tonight. Like, it's it's kind of cool because right now I feel like watching the games, it's like, well, who's the guy out there? Like, who's the guy? Like, but well, nobody's, and, and, nobody's and really, really had a chance to do no, it yet, right? But, like, and, and more, you know, when you're talking junior A, who's the team? Yeah. I mean, you know, you just had the – the team with the best record gets swept in the first round. Like, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't know. People have asked all year who, who's the team. I, I don't yeah. know who the team is. Um, you know, to me, I was saying all along, well, Mimico's got the best record. They, they seem to have the horses, so they seem to be the team to me. But, you know, um, we saw what happened there. So who knows? It should be interesting. I'm sure this place will be packed tonight. Should be a great atmosphere and. You know, hopefully we have a good game and and uh, see what happens. All right. Well, good luck to the uh, the boys, the family, everything tonight should be fun. We'll be here watching and uh, yeah, just looking forward to it. So uh, thanks a lot for doing this, Jamie, and I'm sure we'll do this again soon. All right. Thanks, Mike. All right. That was Toronto Rock owner, president, and general manager Jamie Dowick. We'll take a short break here on Toronto Rock Total Access and be back with the captain and world champion, Challen Rogers. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. I'm Mike Hancock, and as promised before the break, we are back with world champion and Toronto Rock captain, Challen Rogers. Congratulations. How are you doing, Captain? Thank you, and, uh, you know, feeling like a world champion. Really? Yeah, what does that, what one. does it feel like? Like, what? <laughs> what's changed? Uh, nothing, just uh, gold medal, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... 
before we get into the details of it all, you yesterday when we were here, you, you just had the gold medal in your backpack. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, hey, you guys want to see it? And I was like, yeah. Um, like, never really, not never really, but never. I don't think I've ever held an Olympic gold medal or an Olympic medal. I think I've seen them, but what, but like, you look at that and be like, like, it kind of looks like everything to me resembles what like an Olympic gold medal would look like. And I guess the world games is kind of like the Olympics light yeah, to some degree, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, just when you look at that medal right now, like I was doing a little bit of reading up on what, uh, you know, the, the metal was and the design of it and stuff. Um, the trolley, the furnaces that are on there, like, you know, have you taken any time to really like, admire it and figure out what it is like physically um not really i mean i i kind of obviously have glanced over it a few times um kind of noticed obviously the different sports around the around the uh rim i guess of it um but yeah no not not really in depth like you (laughs) well i just i watched a quick video on it last night um knowing that we were going to chat today and um it's just a really impressive thing from you know as somebody who for me anyways like i'm a big collector of sports memorabilia and stuff like that and all this type of stuff's really cool i think and um just to like you know to see one of those things where it's like it looks like you know that to me is like what an olympic gold medal would look like and the thought that was put into it and stuff like the cool stuff about alabama and the story that is kind of told through the through to the through the design as well is pretty cool so you can check it out online uh if you're listening to this and wanted to learn more about it. And I'm not only speaking to our listeners, but also speaking to you, Chal, if you want to learn <laughs> more about it. But uh, let's talk about the World Games themselves. And, you know, you've played for Canada at the World Indoor Lacrosse Championships. Very different feel, I'm imagining, than, than what you went through with this, being a part of an event with other sports and other athletes, all that stuff going on. What was the experience itself like being involved in uh, – you know, something that was bigger than just a lacrosse event. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, that was weird. Uh, <laughs> we can cut that. Yeah. Um, no, it, it was it was amazing. Um, I guess right off the right off the get go, we get off the plane, we're going down the escalator, and there's um, you know big welcome to Birmingham, uh, welcome to the World Games in Birmingham, and um, you know people escorting us different places, and then when we finally uh, get off the bus. Um, on uh, UAB's campus, uh, we go and um, we kind of waited for some paperwork. We waited a few hours because we didn't have it with us. We kind of <laughs> sent it in and um, we're supposed to have it with you. Uh, so we waited a few hours to, to get into our rooms and register. But, um, you know, it, it was super cool just kind of sitting there and you see a bunch of different people from, you know, all walks of life um, from all over the world. And, uh, you know, it was, it was pretty cool to kind of see them going through, like, um, you know, uh, the dining hall and then, um, you know, kind of watching the live events on online and, and, oh, hey, I saw that saw that lady at breakfast this morning or, <laughs> or oh, I've seen that person in our, our dorm or, ugh, Jesus, I can't talk today. Uh, or, like, seeing someone in our dorm and, you know, them wishing us good luck and, and vice versa and, um, you know, just a super cool experience that, you know, obviously I haven't been a part of and, you know, I'm very special to have been a part of it. 
So with the events going on around you, like non-lacrosse stuff, did you guys have a chance to physically go and watch anything? You mentioned you watched some stuff online, but did you have a chance to go and watch any other events in person? Yeah, so um, one of our – we had an early game, so we kind of had some some off time later on in the night. And, um, you know, we were going to try to go to the uh, sumo wrestling uh, <laughs> final. Um, but cool. Yeah, yeah, but it was sold out. And um, so we kind of kept on looking and uh, – we stumbled upon um, Canada USA floorball. So um, floorball, I guess, uh, similar to hockey, they have kind of different different sticks and different a different ball, kind of like a wiffle ball. Um, goalies are on their knees; they don't wear any pads, just a helmet, and that's it. Well, yeah, like, I noticed. I saw a clip of that, and they don't. The goalies don't have a stick. No, nothing. It's just their <laughs> hands, and they kind of waddle on the ground, but. We walked in uh, a little late because our bus kind of took a scenic route. and It was pouring rain, like just an absolute downpour. And, and we had probably like a three-minute, five-minute walk to where we had to get to. And, and we were running through there and we showed up and we were just like we walked through a shower, like just soaking, <laughs> dripping wet. And uh, we walked in and it was 2 nothing for Canada. And, um, and then, you know, we got rowdy as, as you know, probably should and, and the boys the Canadian boys ended up winning 9-3 so we were we were fired off all the American fans around us were kind of looking at us like what are you guys doing why? here yeah <laughs> like why are you so excited about this but it ended up being a super big game for them for qualifying for something in the future so um you know it was pretty cool to kind of to see that and when they they walked out at intermission um we weren't there for the first obviously and they walk out in intermission and we're just going nuts, like going crazy. And they're like, who are these guys? <laughs> like, who are these guys? But, uh, yeah, it was cool. After after the game, we got a picture and kind of congratulated them and um, ended up coming to our gold medal game and probably uh, were a little, little bit more, um, you know, suited for, for it. They kind of had the body paint going, and it was awesome. They were great. So Yeah, that looked cool. Like, we saw that, you know, watching the feed – you guys got your gold medals, and after you guys had taken your team photo, you you all went right over to these guys. And at that time, I'm like, who are these guys, yeah. right? And then it, you know, it comes out later who they were. But and you guys right away, and clearly you guys had established some kind of bond with these guys. You lined up perfectly for the team photo, and it was almost like you guys looked happier to take that photo <laughs> than the one, <laughs> the official gold medal photo across the across the field. Yeah, no, it was, it was super cool to, um, you know, see them and even walking out onto the field um, before a gold medal game. They were in the corner just screaming, and, and we knew who they were. So it, it, was, it was super cool to kind of share that gold medal experience with them and, um, you know, very happy they were there to support us. Because they were singing O Canada, I believe, throughout the final few minutes of the game. Like, could you yeah. guys hear that? Like, uh, I personally, I heard that afterwards. Okay. I didn't hear it throughout the you game. You can kind of but... faintly hear it on the broadcast. I'm like, who is, because again, on the broadcast, you don't really have any kind of perception of the fans there because the, the view was really just of the benches. So you're like, right. how many people are really there? Like, what's going on? And then you can hear the anthem. Like, who is, like, what is going on? But They were awesome. Yeah. Good, good group of guys. There's actually a... There's a guy on the floorball team. His last name was Berg, and uh, obviously on our on our team yeah. we had we had Westberg, and it was funny because uh, 
during their game, um, you know, we were just always screaming, Bergy, Bergy, like when he had the ball and just, it got them hyped up a little bit. And it's it pretty funny when you're taking the picture, they were just all screaming Berg and stuff. So it's it's cool, cool experience for sure, having them there. Now, how many of the guys after watching floorball were like, I'm ready to try this? Uh, were there a few guys that are like, maybe I'd like to do this. Yeah. No, I honestly, I think everyone had that <laughs> yeah. mindset. Like it's just something we could probably do if yeah. we train pretty hard, who knows? But, um, yeah, I actually ended up watching the, uh, the final, uh, the floorball is on kind of online and I was just scrolling through it and saw it and they are just unbelievable. It was Sweden versus Finland and it was just, it, it wasn't the Canada USA game. They were just on a different level. Really? Yeah, it was crazy. Because I thought, like, watching Canada play, I was like, these guys are sick. How did they lose? Because we ended up hearing that they, like, got shut out 12 nothing or something to, like, Finland or, or Sweden or one of those teams. And we're like, how does this team lose that bad? Like, they're smoking the U.S. And we look pretty good. But after watching the final, it was just a completely different monster. Wow. Um, now, to talk about the lacrosse that was played before we get – into the Team Canada side of it, uh, Japan surprised at their showing at this event. Yeah, extremely surprised. I mean, I haven't really had the opportunity to play against uh, Team Japan before, and you know, the only thing I heard was that they were—they always move, right? They're constantly moving, and um, yeah, they. Uh, our first game when we were walking out playing uh, the Haudenosaunee, they. Um, they were all like right in kind of the players lounge because they had played before us and they're all videoing us walking out and everything and and after our game against them um you know they were just happy to kind of have the opportunity to play against us really and and um you know it was a special experience they were super excited and and uh you know they just wanted to kind of hang out take pictures with us and things like that and but yeah what a what a showing by them is it's great to see not only for them to kind of show up and, and have a great tournament, but to kind of see where the game's going and, and uh, you know, see the growth across, you know, the world, um, especially in in uh, Asia. Well, another thing, you know, speaking of how you're saying that, you know, the, the players from Japan, I guess, kind of looked at you guys as celebrities, like you don't get to play against them and, and uh, <clears throat> that kind of thing. But that was also the case against Great Britain in the huddle, I think going into the fourth quarter, uh, whoever it was, one of the players on the team was very vocal about saying, guys, this is the best lacrosse we're going to play for a long time. Let's go out and like leave everything out there on the, on the field. But, you know, was that sinking in that, you know, all these people around are probably like, wow, there's Challen Rogers. Wow. There's Josh Byrne. <laughs> like, you know, that these guys are kind of at like fantasy camp probably to some degree, because I think about that, like, you know, probably at like, you know, an Olympic, hockey tournament even right like some of the you know the players that uh you know sure there's nhl players on every team but there would be some smaller nations you know that play against these guys and like oh my god i'm playing Sidney crosby tonight like yeah. what the heck this is a once in a lifetime thing like was that ever sinking in like were there guys being like i'm sure nobody said it to you but like i'm a big fan like, <laughs> maybe after the game i don't know um i not not to me personally. It was kind of funny being around, uh, you know, like Jeff Teat, yeah. um, obviously a very big name in, in the sport of lacrosse, and uh, you know a lot of a lot of the different nations are like, oh Jeff Teat, Jeff Teat, <laughs> and it was just kind of cool to see. He's he's very 
lax and um, you know he's he's obviously gonna go say hi and all those things but um, it was just kind of funny to see him in, see him in that environment and um, even Team Japan after we played them they they're like hey can we pass together like just throw the ball around uh, you know like sometime when we're at the dorms and we're like yeah for sure like floor six come get us like, yeah. we'll come do that for sure um, but. I don't think it totally set in till kind of after the tournament and, and uh, you know, kind of reliving those experiences. That's amazing. And Jeff T, uh, that goal that he scored, goal 23, the final <laughs> goal, <laughs> he saved the best for last, right? But did you know or appreciate what he had done when it happened? Because, again, watching the broadcast, didn't think he caught like didn't think it was a one-handed situation <laughs> that evolved like watching it from the sidelines or did you see it happen live like what what did you think of it when it happened I feel like I was on the field I don't don't totally remember um, but obviously I saw him score it and I had no idea I just thought he had caught it through a backhand yeah. you know just like nice goal Jeff but yeah. Um, you know, it wasn't until after the game and we were all kind of together that replays were being shown and we're like, oh, my. Yeah. That happened, eh? One-handed, on the back, falling down. <laughs> uh, Just leave everybody uh, with that lasting memory at yeah, the end. Like, one player. more thing before we go. Yeah, I'm Jeff D. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was incredible. That yeah. was awesome. Um, so about the tournament and the play itself, um, obviously, sixes is new to everybody. And... Your thoughts on it now, having gone through it, and what was the big takeaway that, you know, as you're starting to actually play these competitive games, you're like, oh, I thought this was the way that, you know, we would approach this part of the game or anything like that, that now you're like, oh, this is really the way it's going to go kind of thing to have success. Uh, first and foremost, you got to be in shape. That is the biggest thing. And no it, sellies after goals. No, no celebrations. Um, you know, in one of our uh, team chats before the tournament, uh, Eddie Camo, um, he's just, I, I'd love to quote this perfectly, but, um, you know, he's just like, if you score, get back. Yeah. If the ball goes out, get back. If there's a save, get back. Like, that's really the only thing, um, you know. Things happen so quickly out there. Ball goes out of bounds. Time still runs. Like, it's just a very, very fast game. And, um, you know, it's all about reacting, um, you know, all, all over the field, saves, out of bounds, goals, everything. Because, um, you know, we were, we were pretty good on, on limiting breakaways, but our team had, a, had quite a few just kind of reacting off those saves before they reacted and, and getting those breakaways. So... Um, you know, that would be the biggest takeaway, just the speed of the game and, and obviously being in shape and just kind of having to react to everything that goes on in that game. And I think the biggest kind of takeaway that I heard from a lot of people that watched the game was their initial surprise that there were no face-offs and, after goals and that a lot of times people were watching, I know, and they were saying, oh, was that no goal? Because, you know, the goal is just turning around, raking it out, and boom, back up the f up the field. And a lot of people were like, for the first little bit, were like, oh, no, that was a goal. <laughs> you just kind of, you keep going. There's no face-offs. Like you say, you just keep going. And, uh, you know, how much do you think the box lacrosse experience favored the Canadians when it came down to it, even though you're kind of playing 
a hybrid of both games, but you are outside in a field, whatever, like the optics of it look more like field lacrosse than they do like box lacrosse. But how much do you think that that ended up being the, maybe not the necessarily the deciding factor in Canada's dominance, but how much of that was uh, key in this version of the game? It was, it was honestly, I think a lot of it, um, you know, it's, you have more space out there and you have a bigger net to shoot at with goalies wearing a whole lot less gear. So yeah. it, it's, it's really box, um, box on a field with bigger nets. And, you know, I think that played to our advantage immensely. Just, um, <clears throat> you know, being able to pick and roll, swing the ball, a lot of the things that we've done for our entire lives playing box lacrosse translate very well. And, and um, you know, it only helps some of the best shooters in the world be able to shoot the ball more and, and have more success with, with bigger nets. Um, but yeah, no, I, th I think box lacrosse helped us so much in that tournament. Well, because if I'm a goalie on the other side of things often in those games, to see Dane Smith on top of the goalie in a heartbeat, <laughs> like yeah. nobody, or a two, like some of the watching the two on oh, three on one, like it's just like, and within a few, you know, big long strides, guys are just right on top of the net and it's, it's over like yeah. 98% of the time. Like, mm -hmm. uh, like tree stops too. Like yeah. you're obviously allowed to tree dive, which only. Makes it harder he on the goalies. More yeah. And you know, like <laughs> Josh Burns finding those really small holes in in you know indoor and and Zach Courier and um, you know just give them a bigger net and they're automatic as soon as they're coming across the crease. So um, yeah, I mean, like you said, just having that box experience um, has definitely helped us uh, having success in that. Now there was a guy on the other side of situation in the championship game very familiar of course to rock fans and <clears throat> very familiar to uh you know fans of the american team um tom schreiber did you get a chance did you interact with tom at all during the tournament did you talk to him afterwards uh i don't want to say like you know how did he take everything but i just noticed in the the medal awarding tom was just very like I don't know. It was weird. Like I felt like it was eating them <laughs> pretty good just watching them the way that the the game unfolded. But um, you know, did you have a chance to talk to Tom much at all, either during or after? Uh, I kind of saw him walking around in the dorm a few times. Just kind of said hello. We were kind of going separate ways. But um, after the after the game, said you know congratulations, sent me a text, and very well deserving and and things like that. But um, you know. To be honest, I don't. I don't know if they helped Tom out as much, um, you know, as he would have liked. Kind of with the roster makeup, um, you know, he he's obviously one of the, if not the greatest lacrosse player in the world right now. And um, you know, I don't. I don't know if he's ever been in a situation losing by that much. And um, you know, he was a he's a big target of ours to kind of limit his scoring chances and and um, you know, kind of slow him down a little bit. Um, but yeah, you know, I just think it was kind of frustrating for him to kind of be in that. But um, yeah, no, it's yeah. I mean, when you look at you know, if you have a do-over um, with Team USA, I think it's almost like you say the box experience. It's almost like get all the Americans that have played in the NLL, yeah. right? And and then maybe things are a little bit different because I think defending with a short stick, 
like everything's just different and so much faster and it's like you talked about the transition part of the game being so huge it it just seemed like the way you guys started in that game it was like oh my god i because i i had really only watched the great britain game kind of in in its entirety going into that and i thought this is really one-sided and then when and I was really looking forward to the championship because I'm like, oh, this is going to be a game. Really going to see what this is all about. And not that it wasn't a game. It was definitely more competitive than uh, the game against Great Britain that I watched. But I, I was still like, holy smokes, just like <laughs> the one-sidedness of everything and the dominance was unbelievable. And I could just imagine, you know, Tom, the the competitor that uh, I think we all know he is would have been, you know, would have been, you know, tough. I, I just as a fan on the other side, just watching it, uh, you know, thought uh, obviously felt for him a little bit in that situation and that, uh, you know, maybe things are a little bit different. Had he had a little bit of different personnel perhaps uh, on his side, but I guess this is also a good experience for the next time around. Yeah. They played a very like <clears throat> field styled game, um, which I don't think is the right, right way of doing it. Uh, I mean, after having kind of the experience I had there. Um, I mean, there's certain aspects where definitely that that plays a huge factor, you know, kind of coming out of the box, catching the ball, kind of going down the alley with speed. Definitely, um, you know, could could and is a big part of that game. But, um, you know, when you're in tight and you have 20 seconds, 25 seconds to work with, you know, you got you to gotta kind of cut the middle, set some picks, constantly moving rather than, you know, these kind of be big sweeping dodges and taking taking shots. And that and that was kind of a a big uh, a big thing for us. We you know, we wanted to be efficient when we were on offense, you know, we didn't want to take bad shots or um, you know, be getting good looks in front of the net, you know, we wanna capitalize and, and that was a big thing for us in every single game that we were in. Um, and it's something that, you know, Brody and, and Junior and, and Halsey preach you know we need to be efficient we need to capitalize on these opportunities because you know there's there's times and there's quarters in in uh the tournament that we kind of took a step back maybe and and um you know didn't capitalize and uh you know our big thing was you know it's it might work right now but you know against the u.s and uh whoever we play it might not work if you know you miss one it's they go down score you miss another they go down score it's it's kind of a big swing, um, but yeah, that was that was big for us being efficient in front of the net. Did it feel like the thirty-second shot clock was even shorter? Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> real short. It felt like that watching it. It was suddenly like, whoa, okay, you got to go like right away. And mm. so as soon as you kind of pick up the ball and you enter kind of the play, the shot clock's on. So um, kind of breakouts and, and stuff like that, get it over center and. You want to be obviously as quick as possible, and I th- thought we did a really good job of doing that. Um, but yeah, certainly, you know, you get down there, people sub off, and you're looking at 15, 17 seconds to kind of make something happen. Now, now that everybody's kind of been through one, like, how much do you see this game evolving? I guess over the next number of years, and before it potentially makes its way into the Olympics in what is it, 2028? Like. Mm. How much do you see this is going to change? Because, like, already I'm sure you guys have dissected the crap out of this thing afterwards. Like, and even as the tournament was going on, right? Of like, you know, how do you approach different situations and what's going to be successful and, you know, different styles? Like, how much more do you think the strategy and 
and all that stuff, the approach to this game is going to evolve in the next number of years. It's it's going to evolve immensely. It's going to be, <clears throat> I mean, I, I love playing it, love being a part of it, and we've kind of been fortunate to kind of implement implement it in kind of programming that we have here. Um, it's just, I mean, even today we're, we're doing rock star strouts with, with the youngest age, and, um, you know, we played a game of sixes, and you just kind of see them fly up the floor, fly fly up and down the floor and um, obviously smaller smaller field but you know you got to pass and catch and and it's it's just a very skilled game and very fast game and I think it's you know it's it's exciting to watch um, and it's going to be exciting to watch for for years to come and watch it grow and, and watch you know other nations compete um, you know at a higher level I think it's it's good for the game of lacrosse and um, yeah, no, I'm just excited to kind of see where it takes off. Yeah, because I think like we're saying, like some of the strategy where like you know, you're outside, you're on a field, you're on a field, you're on a different size surface, but like you know, you have this bigger net to shoot on, and now you don't have any long poles defending you. Like, where are the different spots that you can score from now in that game versus where you couldn't if a guy maybe is swinging the big stick at you right yeah, <laughs> where yeah exactly you know second thought about winding up in that situation where now it's like free reign this guy's not getting to me or he's just not gonna be able to check me the same like some of those types of things i think will be really neat to see uh like i say the strategy and just how games uh, are approached by uh by things and how much better this game can get because i think they're i guess what i'm trying to get to is at times when i was watching it i was like i don't know i i don't know if i love this or not like could it be better right like and the strategy because the thing i wanted was like a real competitive game where it is a one or a two goal game at the highest level and that's what i was really hoping for the championship i mean obviously i'm pulling for canada and you guys and to win and when things are rolling it's pretty cool and that but like my other side of me was like for the lacrosse side i'm like how is this gonna how is this gonna grow right is this gonna be something where people are gonna be able to get into it and and enjoy these like real tight competitive games that make people i think a fan of the sport mm-hmm. and and it's really quick right there's yeah. eight minute quarters 32 minute game um it's super fast like just you know you kind of run off and you don't even kind of look at the score you're just kind of looking at the clock and it's just like okay we have two minutes you know kind of process everything super quickly in your head and then you know the quarter comes and you kind of look at the score and you're like oh okay and that's the score um but yeah. Because uh, here's the other thing that I'll throw at you quickly, because this right. is what else I'm thinking. Could you play a best two out of three in a like some kind of time period, like during the same day? Uh, n- not in no Bir- chance. Not in Birmingham, Alabama. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just thinking, like, where's the sweet spot? Because, like you're saying, the games are so quick. Like, from an entertainment value, say I'm a fan that wants to go buy a ticket to this game and and whatever and now the whole thing is over in like an hour or less than an hour, right? Yeah. Like, is that worth my entertainment dollar to go watch that game that it's over so quick? Right or wrong? Like, I don't know what the answer is, but could you guys play like a, even two games in one, like in, like say maybe take a half hour, 45 minutes off between games or? No. No chance. Not right? even. All right. Not even a little bit. Larger I mean, roster maybe lets you guys do it? Yeah, if you had a larger roster, I'd say so. Because, um, you know, some teams had uh, they had 12 guys on a roster, just to clarify that. We yeah. had two goalies, 10 players. Some rosters had one goalie. 
um, you know, 11 players. But, you know, it is a quick game and, and you know, talking about the time. Um, but it's every time you're on, it's just a full sprint everywhere you're going. So <laughs> it's it's it might go over quick, but you're, yeah. it's not that the player's not working hard every single time he touches the yeah. field because yeah. just right. constantly. Okay. Um, so let's talk PLL. All right. And you are playing for the Chaos, pronounced correctly. And <laughs> you have a coach there, Andy Towers. And, you know, in, in the clip that the recent Andy Towers <laughs> clip that has made its round of the uh, dog walking incident, uh, we'll call it, uh, if you haven't seen it, Go uh, check it out. It's it's pretty good. But um, what is that like playing for that guy? Because it's a bit of a different approach than I'm sure you're used to around the rock. Like he is the stone cold Steve Austin of coaching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah, am just waiting at the, at the end of every speech room to put one of the guys through a table or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Smash a couple beers together <laughs> and give everybody the finger. But um, yeah, like I think you guys should make him like the Austin the little leather vest and like <laughs> that would be Andy three sixteen. <laughs> He's at the All Star game this past weekend, and yeah, that would have been a great idea for him to do. <laughs> Might have to bring that up. Yeah, but uh, he is—he's awesome to listen to. Like he is a soundbite personified. Like the huddle, like the timeouts and stuff. The stuff he comes up with, like. How does that work for you as a player? Like, it's different, right? Like, you know, it's clearly the guy is passionate about what he's doing. And, you know, he's had some success already in this league, all that kind of stuff. So, like, but this is at a different speed, right? The way he kind of coaches probably than what yeah. uh, is used to here. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a very good way of putting it. It's it's very different than what I've been used to in my career. And, and especially here with Toronto, um, Maddie's not the guy to – to, you know talk about dogs and stuff like that um but you know he, he like you said he's very passionate and he's he's very intense and um you know i, th I think that's that's good for for us in, in the pll um you know it's it's a guy you want to play for and you guy you want to kind of have success with um because he he does care so much about us as individuals and us obviously as a team and um you know he's He's very intense. He's very intense like that, but on a different level, he's very personable, and, and you know, he just wants you to be at your best to help the team have the most success. Um, and he does have some unbelievable pregame speeches like that. <laughs> that one that one was funny because as it was going on. Did you I, have any idea where it was going? No. Like no, okay. he, it's, it's funny because I kind of looked at, at Dane and Josh, and, and they kind of put their head down and kind of smiling, and it was funny. I feel like no one can look at each other while that's happening, right? No. There's the one the one guy uh, in in that video who kind of Coach Towers is yelling at, uh, Jerry Ragnese, he's yeah. Fogo, and, um, you know, he's just staring at him right in the eye, and we are talking to him after <laughs> – after the game and, and he's like, I can't look away. Like, what am I going to do? Like look down at the ground. Like I got to look at him straight in the eyes. Um, but yeah, no, he, he's got some great, great pregame speeches that I get the people going. <laughs> it works. It, it, it is something that like, you know, I don't know, the sport kind of needs it. Like I think in some ways too, like, you know, you can always, uh, 
you know, every team does the locker room, the speech stuff. We cover it, you know, and coaches have great speeches and stuff, right? But he's just at this other, like I say, WWE level where it's like, you know, he is awesome. And it's like, if there was ever a guy that could transition into potentially being, you know, a manager in the WWE, maybe like the next Paul Heyman, maybe or something <laughs> like that. Like, it's him. Like I could see that for yeah. sure. I think he has got a, a future in that. But uh, as far as playing in the PLL goes, this is your first go around with it. Um, everything you expected, different than you expected. Uh, you know, are you, you know, liking it more than you thought you would? Maybe like, is it how is it uh, going so far? It's going well. Um, you know, I, I guess it's kind of <clears throat> easy for me to kind of jump in and and play with the chaos because there there's a lot of indoor experience on our offensive end. Um, you know, it's kind of funny. Mac O'Keefe is is on the chaos, and he's plays in San Diego, and and uh, he kind of made a joke actually last practice. He's like, "Oh, I'm the only American on on the seals, and I'm the only American in playing field with with the chaos." <laughs> so it's kind of funny in, in those terms because we do have a lot of Canadians um, playing playing offense and. Um, yeah, you know, it's been a good transition. Um, obviously through COVID wasn't able to, to go down and play. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's been a cool experience to play at the, the highest level and field lacrosse. And, um, you know, obviously the last time I played field, we won the very last MLL championship. Um, <laughs> not a big deal. Uh, no, but, um, it was kind of, a it was kind of, uh, you know, Took me a second to kind of get back into the field game and and things that I did well um, back then to make me successful here and, and obviously playing with Toronto and and um, you know having some some success uh, playing playing up front it kind of helped me translate that into into playing field but um, yeah it's it's been a cool experience. Okay, Chell. Well, uh, oh, do we need to do what you're watching? We haven't we haven't done that yet. Yeah, no, I'm sorry, we, we can't haven't. leave without. We can't leave without. What are you watching? Well, uh, great time, great time of year. Kind of mid beginning of July. Favorite show of all time comes on Big Brother. Yep. Big fan of Big Brother. We're about what a week and a half, two weeks into it. Yep. And. Uh, I am having trouble picking a favorite right now, and also picking someone that I really like. Yeah, that's fair. It was, uh, yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I have like a top three, I think, that I think will go. Nobody's far. really stuck out to no. me. Like I, I don't know how or like I don't know. It's been a weird. It's been a weird start. They talk a big game, and then it's just like they get the opportunity to do something, and then it's like, yeah, I'm just turtle. Yeah, which I find sometimes how because you always get the players that want to play the whole game in a week, right? And they play too fast, and then you clearly can identify the probably few people that I feel like the strategy often just becomes the lay low, yeah, right? And like you know, be everybody's buddy and just lay low. Don't need an alliance necessarily, but I don't need to rough like let all these other people fight it fight it out, and then I'll just kind of still be here when we get down to like seven or eight people, and then I'll kind of start playing, but. um yeah, I don't know what it is about this year. And I've read, like, a lot from past house guests um, just about how they're starting to, like, hate the show. Really? Yeah. What's that? I, I, who is it? Um, Tyler? Yeah. That was Tyler and Angela? Yeah. Like, he, um, through some of his social, has just been, like, uh, since I think he was back on in 2019, he's, like, I haven't watched again. It's, like, I can't, I can't do it anymore. Like, 
whatever and, and all this stuff. But because uh, I know that Angela's on the challenge yeah. this year. So I've watched a bit of that for the first time. And uh, yeah, I don't know. This year's Big Brother so far, I haven't like it's weird the schedule, too, because I know you don't watch Big Brother Canada, but the fact sure. that BB. <laughs> Big Brother Canada was on Mondays. Now it's like this. It was, I think, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. And it just kind of like felt like a better schedule. Now the Sunday, to Wednesday again seems like a big gap. Yeah. But I don't know. I guess something I'll have to get used to. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to be something to watch here to see who emerges. Because right now I can't pick anybody that's like good. It looks like at what they're doing. I feel like Big Brother too. Like, I guess kind of some ways survivor like people just take things for like way too not seriously but personal yeah they take it way too personally and it's just like that is legitimately the game like you're backstabbing people to get further in the game and then Child, you go, i literally had this conversation with my wife the other day because i was like everyone is now taking it too personal and it's not about playing the game anymore necessarily. It's shifted to a little bit of a different direction. And it's like. Yeah. It yeah. was like Paul. Yeah. Like Paul went on what back to back years and he may be the best big brother player. Yeah. One of them to play ever. Yeah. But like every year they're just like, oh, he effed me over. Like, I'm not voting for you. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I hate the bitter jury. I hate yeah, it. It's, it's so bad. That's but I guess they say bit, or jury management's part of the whole thing. And yeah. I feel like that's a term even that has, you know, evolved over recent years and maybe more so because of what uh, Paul went through uh, as a contestant. But, uh, yeah, it, it just, like, the game's changed a lot, I feel like, in the last couple of years. And I don't know if it's uh, necessarily for the better. But other than Big Brother, yes. anything else? Uh, I've just finished um, – Pulling up the Netflix app right now so I can nail the names here. Uh, but I, w- I watched Our Father the other day. Okay. Real weird. Yeah. Real weird. Um, I'm not going to – yeah, it's just weird. Okay. This doctor – yeah, I'm not going to get into the details. <laughs> this doctor ends up having okay. like a lot of kids, like over 50 yeah. kids. Oh, my. Okay. Um but half the people don't know that he's a father. Is it a movie or a series? It's a, like hour and 50 minute documentary. Oh, okay. Right. But yeah, it's a, yeah, he's Different. a doctor and okay. I'm not going to go into the details, but it's, it's a weird one. Um, let's see. Girl in the picture. Girl Almost the, watched that last night. It's, it's good. It's yeah. also on the weird side. Okay. Like this guy, won't ruin it but this guy has this girl it kind of goes it's it kind of goes off her life um but like different sections of her life but she's a daughter and then she's a wife and it's the same guy but people start kind of cluing into things like that and it's just it's it's weird it ends up being i'm not going to ruin it but Wow. Okay. Yeah. No, it's it's again, good. I'm, yeah, right. I'm I'm a big different documentary guy. I just we actually uh, <clears throat> went through the limited series DB Cooper. The I finished that in a day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we just uh, banged that one out last night, but uh, I liked it. I'd never even heard of it before, and then to see like 
the culture that exists of people that are trying to solve this what seems like unsolvable yeah. mystery it was uh it was interesting i was really hoping for you know the ending of that to actually like give me who it was not just like you know, like honestly want... after like into the third episode i i just was like there's season two coming yeah like 100 percent. there are another number of episodes coming that are going to spin off of this because but i didn't realize like and then you start thinking when they show all the different uh situations where something you know of the legend of db cooper has been integrated into these other movies you know over time and then all the other movies that have been made or documentaries and stuff about it yeah i'm like where have i been (laughs) so now i'd like to go back and watch some of those other ones just to see how they tell the story probably a little bit differently and um yeah but uh weird again for people yeah we won't spoil it but um just something that it actually goes pretty fast because it's only four episodes and they're pretty short, like 40, 45 minutes. So, yeah, you can zip through that pretty quick. But I was listening to a podcast and they brought up D.B. Cooper. And like the day before, I was just scrolling through like what's coming out on Netflix soon. And it was like yeah. the D.B. Cooper, like where is he or who is And you now? were terrified that Netflix was inside your brain? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, let's go. Oh, this this is perfect timing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I've never been into any true crime podcasts at all but when that one came what is it the cooper vortex or something like that no idea i think remember the it's the guy who's interviewed uh younger gut looking guy glasses towards the end he's like in the like part of episode three and then end up oh okay yeah yeah, yeah 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 he hosts that it's a true the crime yeah, yeah the vortex or whatever it's called and i was like uh maybe i don't know maybe i'll jump into that a little bit but i have a lot of true crime podcasts i'm a big really? podcast listener oh all right. Yeah. I'm sure this Just one's so. at the top of the list, right? I see scrolling yeah. and I don't yeah. see. Yeah. Well, there hasn't like been a new one in a while until today. Um, okay. All right. I think we've uh, I think we've touched on everything now, Chow. Nice. Are you it's sure? Been a great catch up. Has been. Yeah. What? Uh, this isn't going to be put out until Thursday. It is Wednesday as we record. Prediction: Orangeville Oakville Game Five Junior A tonight oh. at oh. the track. Uh. Got to go with the odd hand here. I think I'm going to go Hornsville. You are going horns up. I'm going horns up. Wow. Well, I am going to go horns down and select the Junior A affiliate of the Halton Hills Junior B Bulldogs, <laughs> the Oakville Buzz. So. I'm just a fan of the game tonight. I just hope both teams. Chal, you already made a prediction. <laughs> you can't now say, <laughs> Yeah, I'm just true. a fan of good lacrosse. Yeah. But that's for who I think is going to win. Yeah. I just hope it's a good game five. It will be. T- I mean, hey, if you're in a series and you're up 2 nothing, and then it's tied up and you're going to game five, clearly one team probably has the momentum. But uh, back here on uh, home turf, literally in the temperature-controlled environment, as yeah. uh, Jamie Dowick had already mentioned earlier on the podcast. But, uh, yeah, we'll see how all this ages because – one of us will be or if right. I have to make a ton of edits before we said to be like <laughs> a lot of oh my god it was 24 to 2 and this is gonna look bad so all right uh well that's it chop we're gonna wrap things up are you sure great chatting. <laughs> well I I am sure yes that uh we're gonna wrap this up and thanks for uh joining me today and you know we will do this again soon thank you you're welcome can't right. wait that was Toronto Rock captain and world champion, 
Challen Rogers. We'll take a short break here on Toronto Rock Total Access and wrap it up in a moment. Back to wrap up Toronto Rock Total Access. I am Mike Hancock. Thanks to Jamie Dowick and Challen Rogers for stopping by. Fantastic chats with both gentlemen and lots to look forward to here the rest of the summer. And we hope that uh, you enjoyed catching up with those two guys and look forward to hearing more from what the guys are doing in the offseason. Now, it might not all be quite as exciting as Challen Rogers' summer has been so far with winning a world championship, the first ever World Sixes championship at the World Games, defeating Team USA 23-9. to Unbelievable game. Hopefully uh, some people got a chance to watch the stream of it on the Olympic Channel uh, online, but it was... Uh, it was pretty cool to watch, a different version of the game and a lot of fun. I do want to share one quick story with you that I encountered around the arena here. On Sunday night, Oakville Senior B Rock playing, of course, out of this building. And every once in a while, I think on social media, we see a lot about make sure you pronounce guys' names correctly. And sometimes there are some mispronunciations. Sometimes people change the way they pronounce their names without anybody knowing. Connor Sheary, Connor Sherry, perfect example in the NHL uh, in recent years. But I I was approached by one uh, former Toronto Rock player, now playing for the Oakville uh, Senior B Rock here at the track. And he just came over to me and said, you know what, I really appreciate that you pronounce our name correctly. And uh, it kind of caught me like, wow, like it really does mean something to people. And... Uh, I just want to say that it was my little public service announcement for the, for everyone out there is, you know, take some time to learn how to pronounce people's names. I know this is a really weird, small thing to bring up maybe, but like, you know, it, it means a lot to people. So I was doing the public address announcing here at the uh, Oakville Senior B game and uh, without mentioning who the player is or anything like that. I, I just thought I'd share that story real quick and, and just say that it does mean something to people. And it's just another note to uh, some of the broadcasters out there and whatnot. And I think everybody in the national and cross league does a great job, but um, you know, when you're in those rinks, uh, you know, announcing those games around Ontario, just know that uh, everybody really appreciates it when you take the time to, to get to know the names and that kind of thing. So it's a, it's a nice touch, I think. And it probably, um, you know, as I found out firsthand, means a lot more to people than maybe sometimes you think. So just a little something there to uh, to pass on to everybody who's still listening at this point in the podcast, which hopefully you are. Uh, some other stuff going on with the Toronto Rock, of course. Season memberships are now on sale for the fall. Early bird special available until the end of August. So, you know, our unofficial end to the summer on August 31st. Um, you can check more of the information out at torontorock.com. Click on season memberships from the tickets drop down menu and you can find out exactly uh, what the deal is. But uh, basically, you can select one free promo item per seat purchased. And of course, this applies to anyone purchasing a regular Toronto Rock season membership. This does not apply to uh, Builders Club memberships or renewals. So, this is uh, if you're uh, new Toronto Rock season member and you're looking to uh, get to every game in Rock City this year, a little bit of a, an added bonus for you if you hop in, jump on board before the end of August. Also, I want to thank everybody out there who has already filled out our Toronto Rock fan survey. Tremendous response here in the first 24 hours. If you haven't done it yet, 
Uh, you can simply go to any of our socials to find the link. Or if you're a Toronto Rock insider, you would have had the um, link to the survey e-blasted to you within the last uh, couple of days. And if you're not a Toronto Rock insider, what are you doing? Make sure you sign up for the Rock Insider through the Toronto Rock website. You can uh, get to that sign-up link by going to torontorock.com and in the... Fan zone drop down menu, you can sign up for the Toronto Rock Insider. So, something everybody should be doing out there, especially if uh, you're a Toronto Rock fan to the point where you're listening to this podcast. I would think you probably already are, but if you're not, make sure you sign up for the Toronto Rock Insider to get all the latest. Of course, we're about to enter a pretty busy part of the National Lacrosse League offseason calendar, and that is signing season. You're going to start to see a lot of players signing contracts, and of course, on August 1st, that is the opening of the free agent signing period. So these are guys that are unrestricted free agents, street free agents. Um, you'll start to see a lot of activity as of August the 1st, but you will also see a lot of things like qualifying offers and, and players being re-signed here in the next couple of weeks. Of course, things reopened at the conclusion of the expansion draft, and that's why you've started to see some of this. But I think you'll really start to see things pick up here in the next little bit, uh, as they usually tend to do around this time. And uh, free agency, uh, it's always something exciting. Uh, you know, it's not the same level, obviously, as the NHL with that number of players moving around. Um, but, you know, their promises to... Uh, be some excitement as there is every year once August 1st hits and uh, some more of those unrestricted free agents start uh, landing places and guys land in places where, you know, they're going to get a shot in training camp and uh, maybe looking for a change of scenery, all those kind of things. So there'll be a lot of fun stories to follow in that regard coming up and that'll get uh, going on August the 1st. So that will about wrap things up for this edition of Toronto Rock Total Access. Again, I have to thank our guests, Challen Rogers and Jamie Dowick for stopping by. And uh, remind everybody that we'll be, we will be back periodically throughout the summer with some updates when there's some uh, big stuff going on. And, of course, as a result of some of these signings, we'll, we'll jump in and chat with some of the guys as well once they re-up with their new contracts. Or perhaps if any unrestricted free agents find their way uh, to Toronto or just new faces in and around the club, we'll uh, be sure to... Get some time with those guys in uh, in August and beyond to introduce you to them if there are any new faces around the team. So you'll want to stay tuned for that as well. So in the meantime and in between time, that's it. That's all. Another edition of Toronto Rock Total Access is an over and done with. Make sure you enjoy all of those summer games that are underway here in Ontario Check out the box lacrosse going on. Awesome stuff. It's great to be back at all levels. Major, Senior B, Junior A, Junior B, Junior C. It's all going down. Minor lacrosse. Get out to an arena and support the kids out there. Uh, it is an awesome time of year when uh, everything's on the line here. So that will wrap it up. I'm Mike Hancock saying we will chat soon. Mm-hmm.